0: this podcast is brought to you by the inside project at the inside project podcast we believe in discussing powerful ideas that are surprisingly not taught in your educational setups these very ideas can raise every human's ability to transform themselves from the inside out now we're going to achieve this with my own personal stories and that of change makers in their own fields what this will help us do is to absolutely explore your personal professional and spiritual lives to get you results that will stick and help you do better at work, health and in life. So let's do this. The
1: amount of food that you give into your body has to be equal to the amount of food that you expend in a day and that is when your weight is going to be maintained.
0: And this works on every diet? Yes. This is not specific to a diet maybe that fitter talks about, but you're saying this is the basis of fat loss phenomena out there. Amok Kadivar is a force to reckon with. This guy is one of the top coaches in one of India's top online fitness organizations, Fitter. He's trained more than a thousand individuals. Can you imagine that changing the life of more than a thousand people? And one of them is me. Amok is my coach. He's trained uh, more than thousand people. He's a PT Collective uh, trained fitness professional. And interestingly enough, this podcast was supposed to be only for 37 minutes or so. But what happened is that the conversation just became so fluid that we went almost to an hour. And for all the listeners out there, what we've done is we've broken this into four 20-minute conversations so that they're more easy for you to digest and believe me this guy's story is inspiring. We talk everything from fitness fundamentals to overcoming personal loss in your life, talking all the way to you know all the fitness myths out there and then talking about how to handle negativity and building a career in fitness. I really hope that you enjoy this as much as I did while speaking to Amok. Part one coming up now. Hey, Amok, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Hi, Abhinav. It's great to join you. And yes, I'm totally excited to do this.
0: Amok, tell us about yourself and you know your story and who are you?
1: So to tell you all, um, my name is Amok Gadevar and I'm a fitness coach with Fitter. And I've been training people for the past four years now. And uh, before that, I have been as a part of corporate for around six years. For the past three years, I was working two jobs. So after a period of three years, it made me realize that uh, the way ahead should be where I should take fitness coaching full time. So that is, that is what I uh, took. It was a very big decision for me to take
0: great i just for the listeners again amog is also a very avid writer on uh, linkedin and he's got loads of blog posts not only on linkedin his facebook uh you can hit him up there and also on Twitter, where he talks about his journey from you know handling a couple of jobs then moving into uh, you know moving into a profession only in the fitness industry which not a lot of us have the capability to do not a lot of us can actually think about that so My question to you might be, Amok, that, you know, how's your journey been till now? What made you feel that, you know, you have to leave the job and then uh, get into this full time? I mean, that that takes a lot of guts.
1: This has been uh, one of the biggest decisions of my life till now uh, when it comes to switching careers. Because uh, as we all know, right, I mean, uh, fitness, getting into fitness full time is most like it's a bit of a risky thing time uh, it's so risky to leave your permanent job and get into it's a safe option yeah it's not a safe option and it's uh it doesn't like go well with uh traditional methodology of you know going to office and keep, uh, making sure that you have a certain amount of income flowing in there were a lot of reasons abina for taking this decision one of which was i was not enjoying my corporate uh, stint. Then my started preparing for my MBA, and uh, which is when I parallelly realized f- my passion for fitness, and I got it got hold of this group called Fitter. There was no, you know, negativity there. Uh, the group was so so uh, tightly uh, connected in terms of promoting and helping each other uh, achieve their goals and for free, the entire group was free. And the knowledge that was flowing in that group was immense. And that is what uh, made me realize that uh, fitness and nutrition is so vast that and, and a lot of people have a lot of myths around it because this industry is quite unregulated. And uh, yeah. that is where I started knowing things and, and as I started knowing things, I started applying on myself. Well, once I started applying my, on myself, people started to notice it. And when that happened, I started helping people and that the joy at the amount of satisfaction that particular thing gave me was immense. It can, like, I thought this is, this is something where you can dictate your body to do whatever you want. And uh, that is when I realized, okay, this is something I'm going to do, uh, going forward. And that is where my MBA career and my fitness career started parallelly. but going by the looks of it, my fitness career, uh, went fitness, coaching career went up because of right. the sheer interest and the sheer passion that I had is I made sure that I'm stable financially. I so it is a very interesting thing i did uh, that was i i made sure when i take this decision even for the next one year i am not paid anything even through even through fitter i don't get any money even then i was uh, i should be able to you know meet my needs
0: so there's, a, so there's a method to this madness. So yes. from the outside, it looks like just going into this industry, but you've wow. actually done some brilliant work in making sure that, you know, your monthly expenses for almost a year are taken care of so that you can take this calculated risk. Exactly. So that is a brilliant thing to do.
1: Exactly. Recently, I got married and I have people, you know, to make sure that they don't uh, suffer because of this decision. So you really need to yeah. be always... Uh, Uh, you know, take thoughtful decisions and not random decisions, especially when you're switching careers. So
0: how important is it for the, uh, for your partner in life to be, you know, supporting you in this? Does that give you strength or how does that play out in this whole scenario?
1: That's extremely important for her to understand, for her to, uh, you know, understand the nature of the job, because I'll tell you what, this is kind of a 24 seven 7 call center type of a job where you are listening to all your people day and night and you got to be available for them every single time. So most important was for her to understand the nature of the job, uh, especially when I was working two jobs. That, That is when her support, her understanding helped me grow.
0: That's brilliant. Now, if I were to focus on uh, getting into the fitness aspect of thing now our listeners can be anybody maybe from a fitness know-it-all to a novice, like a beginner. As a fitness coach, as a premium fitness coach, can you make a case for energy balance?
1: I'll take you back to our old age. The old man used to exist. You believe, right, that humans have evolved. What used to happen was the humans never had their resources all the time. So even for food, he had to go out and hunt. And uh, there were times when there was availability of resources, when he would kill or he would, uh, you know, do the, to uh, go into the forest and get, get resources. So that time food was available. And when food was available, uh, the, the human used to store it. Now, the food that was extra used to get stored as fat and which is where the calorie surplus was uh, taking place when the there is no availability of resources so the fat that was stored used to get used up in the form of energy and that's how uh, pe- people survived in that era it's just that now if i have to explain you uh, energy balance if your car uh, has a capacity of 30 liters and uh, you give in amount of 31 liters, it's going to overflow. That's, that's the simple logical an, uh, analogy you can take to understand energy balance. The amount of food that you give into your body has to be equal to the amount of food that you expend in a day. And that is when your weight is going to be maintained
0: and this works on every diet yeah. this is not specific to a diet maybe that fitter talks about but you're saying this is the basis of fat loss phenomena out there
1: so consider gravity that is a law there is also a law which says energy cannot be destroyed nor be created the energy balance comes from this for example if you burn less and eat more you are in a you have surplus amount of energy so that energy, that surplus amount of energy gets stored as fat. And when you are eating less, the intake is less, but the burn you burn more calories, the amount of food that was stored initially as fat when you were in surplus gets used up in the form of energy. So this is a law.
0: My mind was honestly blown when I started working under you and the kind of information and education that you provided me that helped me lose a lot of weight myself and it was all based on just this simple phenomena of energy balance and I was shocked I was going through weight gains for a really long time I thought there is nothing I can do there is metabolic issues this and that but then following the simple equation of understanding how much you eat has to be less than how much you expend in a day and that takes care of things which brings me to a very uh, interesting question that I've had for a while we know this is science. We know this is a given. It will work if you do it. Not a lot of things in the world have uh, you know guarantees. But this is something that if you follow, it will work for you. Why is it still that people, they leave midway or they, they have all the science in the world, but they don't end up doing this? Why is it so hard?
1: There are like many, many reasons of it. One of which is adherence. Uh, second is consistency. Third is patience. And fourth is a bad relationship with the food. So the first is adherence. If you make a plan, which you cannot adhere to for a long period of time, then that plan doesn't go well. The plan only works well when, it's, when it is implemented well. And this goes for every single thing that you do in life. Uh, very logical, right? And when you're adhering, you also got to be consistent. People lack consistency. People are not that focused. There is a problem where priorities are not set, and which is when uh, you lose out on consistency. And the third is patience. Nothing is going to happen in a day or two, right? <laughs> Even you took uh, six months down the line to lose that fifteen kgs. If I'm not wrong, so uh, right, right. it took time, and there were there were days. So what happens is people expect that weighing scale to go down every, every week. If just imagine if 12 or 50, 15 weeks, if every week that weighing scale goes down by the, by the end of uh, 48 weeks or 50 weeks, you'll be zero, like you'll be 50 kgs down. That's not possible, right? Every week, the weighing scale is not going to go down or every week. There, there are going to be weeks when there, when there are going to be no results. It's like people don't, Um, people struggle with with the things going up and down in the journey and they don't embrace the journey it's more about uh, people focusing more on the results and less on the habits and less on the process people don't take it very seriously and the the kind of resistance that is there when they have to change themselves is kind of very high because uh, you have developed that particular lifestyle uh probably in five, seven, ten years, or sometimes 20, 25 years, and then after those many years, if someone tells you to change your lifestyle and everything that you do, it's going to be It's a big shift. Yeah, so that that shift is very difficult for people. And a lot of times, uh, just on like just building adherence or understanding consistency and you know, understanding that shift and how to do that shift, uh, that itself takes time. And as the last point says, a uh, bad relationship with the food. So this, this itself will take a very big,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, that itself can really be a way.
1: different topic to discuss, but right. just to summarize, right. uh, make people, what happens generally is food is everywhere. Like food is related with our social gatherings, uh, we be, we meet people there are there is food uh, there are like there are festivals there is food uh, we feel sad there is food we feel happy there is food we celebrate with food we make... so food is associated with so, so associated with so many emotions and every time you uh, feel that any any kind of particular emotion you are always going to go towards food and this is why people don't have control over food Food is nothing, okay. but your source of fuel. But now we, humans, have sensationalized food, uh, developed different delicacies and cuisines just uh, uh, just to enjoy that particular thing. But yeah, that, that's very difficult to understand and that's very difficult to develop uh, with the kind of way food industry is growing. If you see food industry is promoting People to eat out more than eat at home. And
0: I see ads that are, I mean, I question the ads sometimes, like major celebrities who are so much in the fitness uh, space, they come and then they sell you cold drinks that it's not 35 bucks anymore, it's 30 rupees. Like,
1: people respond to this better. Their cognitive abilities are play uh, used so much when it comes to consumer behavior and marketing certain products uh it's it's mo- more about how people respond to it and then they place these ads it's not the other way around
0: yeah we feed into it the moment you stop buying this they will stop exactly, making it long
1: exactly. so it's only because you make Shah Rukh Khan. Uh, the kind of role model or the person he is, but at the end of the day, he's just doing his job. So if whatever he does is you you are going to do the same, it doesn't work that way, right? So that is how it is. It's the other way around. It's
0: us who who have to be educated. So education, primarily uh, for the listeners, education, try and educate yourself, educate your kids, uh, especially in a world where We are, you know, promoting cereals and the Kellogg's of the world right at a young age, you know, spiking your children's sugar levels right from the young age. Get yourself educated. A second thing that is about priority that you talked about was very interesting. I read somewhere from Peter Drucker, I recently read that. He says, tell me your priorities and I might believe you, but show me your calendar and your bank account and I'll really know what your are. Exactly. So... So get your priorities right when you're trying to lose weight, trying to get on this journey. Understand what your priorities are. And the third thing Amok, which you spoke about is the relationship with food. I know it's a vast topic, it's really interesting, but have you heard of this gentleman called Eric Edmeets from Wild no,
1: Fit? No, no, I haven't.
0: You should you should definitely look up the brand Wild Fit. And his name is Eric Edmonds. He, he very simply explains to you as to how from a young age, uh, if you're a kid, you know, if your parents unknowingly have formed certain anchors in your head, right from a young age, when you're feeling sad, they come and give you an ice cream. And you're at a young age and then you get used to that because every time you're sad, your parents come and give you ice cream. So you form an anchor that, that you know, that shoots those uh, dopamine levels and the andamine levels and you feel good. So when you become a fully developed adult, you still keep those same habits with you in terms of food. So when you're stressed at work, you have a bad interview, something wrong with your relationship, you go back to that same kid and you still eat the same things because it reminds you of that same feeling which you had at a younger age. So education, educating your kids right from a young age in making healthier food choices and creating healthier anchors so that they can be more fully developed as an individual to make better choices is something that this guy talks about, wild fit, Eric and me I
1: actually love loved the example that you gave, and which is very much common in our Indian households that if our kid is uh you know uh, is not listening to us or it's not you know, yeah, we just made make him uh like shut shut his mouth by Popping something in his uh, <laughs> in his mouth, right? And that's so bad. One one of which I have seen uh, pretty much that even if your plate is full and the kid is not able to eat that much, uh, you force him to eat and finish it off. Don't you? Don't have to force him to eat and finish it off. That's that's what promotes overeating at the first place.
0: Mindfulness eating. Yeah, Mindfulness. exactly.
1: He he knows that he has to stop, and he's stopping because uh at that age he doesn't have any bias and he knows when to stop and when not to but you just may, uh, force him but yes uh, there are two sides of the uh, coin to uh, to this as well a lot of times kids don't eat well but now this uh, can be counter countered with a point that you know kids only learn what they see what they observe if they see you right. taking a very Quantified or very, uh, you know, a particular portion of certain food items, and you, they see you eating balanced food, they see you taking right choices, and they never see you binging or, you know, uh, you particularly binging uh, on during a certain emotions, then they are probably not going to do the same. It's because Mary Mama bhi chips khati hai, roti hai, to maybe bhi kahonga kyuki. Rone ke you do what
0: you say. Right?
1: so that, that is how you unknowingly uh, create that that anchors as you said that's
0: yeah Wild fit Eric admits you definitely you love it so uh, now you've worked with more than a thousand clients that's a lot of conversations a lot of learnings and I, I'm assuming what might have been an arduous journey that's really hard to do. What is your, do you think, first of all, two questions to this. Do you think that doing this made it a simpler transition for you while working as a corporate consultant? And the second thing is, based on working with so many people, what is that client management theory or mantra that you've developed?
1: Okay, to answer your first part of the question, because I've had so many conversations with so many people where I've uh, pretty much been the driver. Uh, of what they should do or what they should not do gives you a better control or better understanding or better experience of handling the other corporate clients as well. Uh, I thought that it would uh, help, but it doesn't. In corporate, you have certain limitations. You have certain rules to go by. uh, But here you are dealing with people in a very different manner because here there is no boundaries there are no biases or there are no rules set where you have to handle a particular person if you have to handle a client make him fit then you are open to his life right you you have particularly connected with his life and that is when the personal human like the personal side of the human comes out but when it comes to professional and when it comes to only dealing with people on certain A specific time period and for specific tasks, uh, it does help you create that interpersonal relationship, yes, but it doesn't help you manage clients in a professional manner or for that task, if that's seen. Because connection with the corporate clients, because the time period for for which you are talking to them is is only about a particular task which is assigned to you. You don't get Yes. To that side of it.
0: I, won't, I, I don't want to go on a tangent, but do you think they should coincide in some way? Do you think workplaces should become a little bit more uh, uh, personal so that a rapport can be built, especially in a... Pandemic?
1: Yes, uh, yes I absolutely work. agree. Uh, with the kind of times that we are in right now, people are lonely. People don't have anything to talk about apart from their work. their work is their life and they're kind of set in a bubble or in a cocoon where they're not able to get out of it. When I handle people who are working in a corporate, their lives are messed up, right? Their organizations may be someone who uh, promotes or uh, like we promote work-life balance and all, but that is just namesake. The reality is there, the priorities are different in action, so that is the difference. And uh, while handling that many amount of people, client handling mantra, it's very important for you to listen. Listen to people now. When you listen, you don't uh, listen to just hear it out, you listen to understand and you listen to make better choices for them. Help them find that purpose. So it's more about having those personal conversations with everyone. And uh, that's very important. So when you have to handle a client online, you got to make conversations. You got to listen to them very well and uh, find out the meaning which is there, uh, like read between the lines and help them understand themselves as well. A lot of times, people that like they themselves don't know what they want. They just want to look good for the sake of uh, good pictures on a marriage event or Instagram or Facebook. But somewhere down the line, they 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 just want to get fit on and be happy and be in a comfortable position for life. And the kind of education or awareness that you uh, you know inculcate in that person's life is very important. So for me, client handling is all about listening, educating. And uh, making them believe in the process and helping them build habits.
0: You're basically trying to create a blueprint for them so that they are self-sufficient even after...
1: So that they don't come back to me again. And that is like, uh, you know, you are hampering your own business.
0: And that's, that's a great way to look at it. You were listening to the Inside Project Podcast.